Good evening. This is Bob Serrano from the Aging Hipster Rewatch. This week, we watched Kindergarten Cop. On this episode, we'll discuss the movie, the year it was released, and ask the question, who is your daddy and what does he do? Now, more than ever, to be a teacher requires patience, kindness, and understanding. Fortunately, Astoria Elementary has just hired such an individual. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten is like the ocean. You don't want to turn your back on it. Don't worry. Everything is under control. He's an undercover detective. I assume you have some teaching experience. They wouldn't have sent me otherwise. Assigned to find a mother and son. Did Danny ever say what Crisp's wife looked like? Before a killer does. First, I would like to just get to know you. (laughs) (laughs) A male kindergarten teacher. That's unusual. He's been trained to shoot. What made you become a kindergarten teacher? He's been trained to fight. But there are some things... You mean you eat other people's lunches? Stop it! He's never been trained to handle. They're walking all over me. Listen, Kimball, you gotta handle this like any other police situation. You're going to be my deputy trainees. You're not gonna have your mommy's run behind you anymore and wipe your little douches. You're mine now. I'm not a policeman. I'm a princess. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You hit the kid, I hit you. Wow. In an Ivan Reitman film. Are you married, Mr. Kimball? No, I'm not. He's not married, Mom! Welcome to Astoria, the single parent capital of America. You got a little mustache. Must be from the milk. (laughs) Kindergarten Cop. Now, I want to introduce each of you, and I would like for each of my guests to give me your best Austrian accent. First up is Toby Crines. His undercover name is Toby Crines. Welcome, Toby. Put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> not, not, not Australian. Okay. All right, Robin. Nope. <laughs> That's a no for me, dog. Mm-mm. That is not a tuma. All right. And joining us as a special guest, He's going to be with us a bunch during Arnold April, Tim Holly. Hello, Tim. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. And your Arnold accent? <laughs> uh, get to the chopper. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> nice. Very good. So, Tim, our listener didn't listen to the beginning of this before we started recording where Toby and I were basically gushing all over. Oh, that sounded bad. But we were... <laughs> we were all throbbing with uh (laughs) whatever you want to call it about tim's various artistic uh, endeavors tim you got a lot of stuff from like sewing together uh puppets right and screen printing can you kind of describe what you got going on well i I mean i guess i've I've played in bands for a long time i sew yeah weird puppet plush monsters i screen print shirts and posters and stuff that i sell on a storm and v program different film events in the twin cities yeah, all kinds of different random yeah, stuff. I've, I've been Film stalking stores. you for decades, but this is the first I've heard about these puppets. Can you share a little bit more about them? Yeah, I just go by Tim Monsters. I've been sewing like weird plush. I started off selling like trying to like make puppets, and then it kind of evolved into like plush monsters and stuff that I sell online and through a bunch of just different craft fairs. But since in the last couple of years, I haven't been doing as much of that just because of my job and that. And where where can people find all your stuff? Pretty much, it's just like Tim Monsters Designs at Store or dot Store Envy. It's kind of where like the majority of the screen print and design work is right now. And then I'm going to start posting some of the monsters and stuff on there. I think that's great. I definitely recommend going in there. I'm wearing one of the shirts. Uh, he has a bunch of great shirts and gear. Please support him. Like we should be supporting all of our artists right now, especially during this quarantine. It, it, question is there like a monster making community um you know <laughs> uh, or on facebook or, yeah. i don't i mean i don't think so but it, i mean it, there is in a sense some, somewhat sense like i've doing a bunch of craft fairs and stuff in the twin cities i've met a lot of different like puppet makers and w- like people that make little cl- like clay uh monsters and things like that so there i don't know people i guess it's out there it's one of those things where i kind of stumbled onto it i just because of my love of like the muppets and things like that years ago and then have continued to do it for a long time. So I don't know. 
That's so strange. Toby loves the Muppets too. I do love the Muppets, and and I have this dream, and one reason my interest is we should talk after the show. I, I've been looking for a, a puppet uh, puppet maker for a while uh, for a specific project, an art project I'm working on. So. Well, I I know a few. Awesome. And then I just want to remind everyone that Tim's my friend, my friend Toby. <laughs> Fine, right. Robin's my friend then. Oh, thanks, thanks, guys. All right, let's get into the movie Kindergarten Cop. Wait, wait, wait. What about Robin? Wait. Did we introduce Robin? Yeah, we said hi to Robin. Hey, oh, hey Robin, hi Robin, how are you doing? Okay. Hi, friends. It's me, Robin. <laughs> yeah. Back again. Any updates with you? Uh, uh, finished you. Tiger King. Uh, so ready to talk to anybody who wants to have some therapy over that. And <laughs> uh, yeah, just uh, wiping it down, washing those hands. I, I can feel the energy when you said Tiger King just emanating, like just ready to burst it's uh it's rough rough stuff couldn't stop watching it, it, that's true can i robin can i share with you my current uh watching i have i'm I actually watching two things right now number one is the wire i started rewatching all that uh again today which really Ooh. helped me get into this kindergarten cop thing and i'm going to point out everything that yeah everything that they're doing wrong um according to the wire but also on amazon prime is making the cut with uh, Tim Gunn and what's her face? It's like the new project. Heidi Klum. Yeah, Heidi Klum. It, I it's heard good. it was a snooze. Is it good? Oh, I don't know. I like I, I like those kind of things. I like Top Chef and. Did you uh, watch Ashen. the new the Netflix one with Tan France and? Um... No, no, it's kind of similar. I should yeah, watch that, that was too. good. Next in fashion, that was excellent. You, I know. I, I, Queer, Queer Eye was actually in Austin. Here, they're like they're quarantined silly. here. They're stuck are they here. Qu- yes. Where are they? Where are they? <laughs> You're at an undisclosed location. Quit trying to find <laughs> folks, Bob. Quit I need to be fixed. I like. I, I just need to be fixed. Where oh, are they? Oh, Bob, you know they love a beard. They will oh, wreck God. that right off your face. You yeah, are. They take I know me nothing to... about your style. This is not a dig on you at all, but they will have a field day with your face. Oh, well, it, just... well, and his style. Yeah, shot <laughs> fired. Yeah, I don't even know where my pants are anymore, and I haven't worn okay. shoes. So we're, no, we're going to talk about pants. we're going to talk about 1990. But when I visited Bob's room in around the year 1990, um, his pants were buried under piles of CDs and uh, <laughs> well, other paraphernalia. Bob was ahead of the curve with I no was. pants party. Yeah. Uh, when you are when you organize stuff by depth, it really makes a difference. <laughs> where you're like, oh, I need something that's. A little... I mean, I remember being uh, like we still impressed. Go. It was yeah. very deep. Yeah. Uh, oh well, enough about me. Let's get into the movie. Kindergarten cop. The plot is a tough cop must pose as a kindergarten teacher in order to locate a dangerous criminal's ex-wife who may hold the key to putting him behind bars. Directed by Ivan Reitman. Written by Murray Salem, uh, which this is interesting. So Murray Salem sold about sixteen stories and screenplays, and this is the only one that's ever been actually made. Um, Herschel Weingrad and Timothy Harris also are on the credits for the screenplay. The top build cast is Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, Penelope Ann Miller, nineteen nineties heartthrob. Yeah, if you can't get Renee Renee Russo, get you a Penelope and Miller. Yeah, uh, and Pamela Reed, uh, who was also in Twins with him. And there is a uh, Kindergarten Cop two that came out in 2016 with Bill Bellamy and Dolph Lundgren. Did not see that. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Toby wanted to talk about Ivan Reitman oh. and. Yeah, I was just looking through his, uh, you know, his, his his stuff that he's worked on, and these are the ones he's directed: Meatballs, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Two, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, Dave, which is one of my favorites uh, ever, and then Junior, and then he had a producing role in Animal House, Beethoven, Space Jam, Private Parts, and Up in the Air. So I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, he's like a prolific director, right? Yeah. Did you guys see, I don't know if you saw on the IMDb, but um, both his kids had kind of like bit roles in the movie. Um, and his daughter, Catherine, um, makes the show called Working Moms. Have you guys seen that on Netflix? It's kidding. 
it's Canadian. I won't do my Canadian accent. I will not subject you to that. <laughs> uh, but she was at the Austin Film Festival recently, and I got to sit in a panel with her, and she was awesome. So talent runs deep in the Reitman gene pool. Carry on, Bob. It was released on the 21st of December, 1990. Had three different taglines. First one is, as an undercover cop, he's in a class by himself. Number two is, go ahead. You tell him you didn't do your homework. And it's a jungle gym out there. All right. Toby, rate rate it. Which one's the best? Gosh. Um, these are all... Like, I, I wanted it to be like... Um, uh, uh, worst principle in the world. <laughs> that really rocks. I love the principle. I love Linda. Hunt. I love her too. Love her, but like, come on. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put an unvetted, you know, guy in in charge of the kindergarten this year, uh, who's a cop for some reason. You know, it yeah, could no be happening ba- at your kid's school right now as we speak. <laughs> Exactly. No background check needed. <laughs> Come on in. Uh, Tim, which, which one do you like the best? Uh, I mean, I guess the the first one is probably the, I mean, the, the kindergartners don't have homework really. So that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I guess, I guess the, yeah, the, he's a cop, but he's in a class by himself. That makes the most sense, but still doesn't really make sense. <laughs> Actually, my kid, had uh homework for kindergarten which is crazy what does your kid take a nap bob that's another (laughs) plot point that i have a bone to pick with they do in pre-k they they not a kindergartner yeah i'm sorry no (laughs) (laughs) well he he didn't he doesn't know what's going on he's just like okay everyone go to sleep that was the (laughs) most unrealistic part of the movie bar none that was the point yeah that's where robin really just was (laughs) like i I don't think i can believe this anymore what was that gun that he had at the beginning of the movie? <laughs> that like gigantic bazooka looking thing? It came from the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> that mission. part was more believable. Him rolling down the street with like whatever sawed off shotgun that was, was more believable than a kindergarten class taking a nap. It, it looked Here like a men in black gun. What about the, the giant Ooh. classroom? Like the two tiered classroom? I know. <laughs> yes, please. Let's all move there. What are property taxes like in that town? Oh my God. All right. It had a budget of $15 million. Opening weekend in the U.S. was almost $8 million. Grossed $91 million. Worldwide was $201 million. 1990 worldwide box office. First up is Ghost, which did over $500 million worldwide, which is crazy. Crazy. It was huge in Japan. Like Japan like totally got into that pottery scene. Like just like <laughs> just like just like make that pottery like Patrick pottery Spacey. exploded. It yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It was just like it just like kept whirling around. It was just it was amazing. <laughs> Followed by Home Alone, Pretty Woman, Dances with Wolves, Total Recall, another amazing Arnold movie, Back to the Future Part Three, Die Hard Two, Presumed Innocent, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Kindergarten Cop. Wow. What a year! Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> what are your favorite? What's your favorite movie in there, Tim? And uh... I'll go Pretty Woman. Oh man, I, I can't even remember all the ones you listed. I guess t- Total Recall. We should do Pretty Woman. Yeah, we should. At some point. Mm-hmm. What are you guys I... doing next week? You guys available? Anybody around? <laughs> yeah. As you know, most of my rules are based upon Julia Roberts in her movies, including Pretty Woman. So <laughs> I am well versed. I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> You say right. when, you say who, you say how much. <laughs> I say when? <laughs> I say how much? I say who? Oh, we should definitely do Pretty Woman. Kindergarten Cop, critics' consensus was Arnold Schwarzenegger substitutes his action brio with some refreshingly adept comedic timing, but Kindergarten Cop is too grim for children and too cloying for adults. 50%. For the critic tomato meter, 51% for the audience score. All right, let's go to our panel and see what their thoughts are. Toby. I wanted to play a couple clips because there are a couple clips from this movie that are like famous, you know. Um, here's the, the tumor one, of course. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. <laughs> there, there's that. And then, uh, uh, of course, this one. Now we're going to do something extremely fun. We're going to play a wonderful game called Who is my daddy and what does he do? <laughs> and then uh, this is probably the 
cutest part of the whole movie after the kid says this line unfortunately this is an audio podcast but um the kid i i like gush with like i don't know my my dad joy meter goes up after he says this he does a face but you can't see it but anyway this is the famous line Now, Ms. O'Hara is going to talk to you about something very important. I want you to pay real attention to what she has to say, okay? Remember, no fear. Thanks. Yeah? Boys have a penis. Girls have vagina. (laughs) (laughs) So part of the fun of this movie is that the, the kids there are clearly some actors in there and then there are some like non-acting kids who get speaking parts and their reactions sometimes are like just real kid reactions (laughs) and like it's 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 a joyful thing to watch they auditioned 2000 kids to get those 40 or what whatever do they really serious and they stuck with the little girl who couldn't get her overalls off (laughs) Well, I guess uh, I think I was reading that Ivan Reitman had special instructions for her where she was like kind of the star. I think he was just like, whatever she wants to do, just let her do. Yeah, it definitely felt like she was like ad libbing and they were just kind of letting her run wild with it. Like, (laughs) I'm not a policeman, I'm a princess. (laughs) I'm obsessed with her. Yeah, Yeah. she's amazing. Uh, How about you, Tim? What'd you think? Oh, it's great. I mean, it's this movie is a, a mess, but I like I I, I kind of love that kind of mess. Like it shouldn't work like with the weird dark like cop story. That's like way too like over the top for what <laughs> this movie dark. is. And then it gets like just like the whole middle is like just like so lighthearted, like kids movie. But it's such a strange like mess. Like that I just yeah, I, I have a, a nostalgia for it, too, though. So like there's that probably plays a factor. <laughs> What you, what you think, Robin? So I definitely agree with Tim about the nostalgia factor. This movie was not good. I think I liked it originally. I remember seeing it in the theater maybe a couple of times. Like I was in it to win it on some kindergarten cop. It was not a good movie. I thought this movie was really good back in the day. And as we've been rewatching these movies together... It's like a chance to be like, yeah, I had great taste in seventh grade. Turns out I did not. And this movie is not good. Um, We're supposed to believe Arnold as a romantic lead, I think. Like, that's where they're leading us here. The, like, kissing scenes were very troubling. I thought he was in danger of swallowing her face a couple of times. Like the speed with which they went from bumping into each other at dinner to falling so madly in love, they couldn't be apart was a little disturbing. Anyway, there was nothing good. (laughs) It it was, I would put it in the so terrible, it was good category. Like I had a lot of fun rewatching it last night. And at the end, I mean, the end is really where it just goes full blown (laughs) soap opera (laughs) off the rails. Everyone's getting their head blown in. In the basement of an elementary school in Oregon. Yeah, that poor kid is just gonna be traumatized oh, for life. He watches his, his like actual dad get murdered, and, like his grandma got beaten with a baseball bat. Like it's like his dad doesn't live in France, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but is now dead. <laughs> and his dad shows up briefly to relax him. <laughs> well, let's go back to our childhoods. Nineteen ninety. <laughs> Uh, I think this was the year, the vaunted year, that a young, plucky young sixth grader in Spring Grove Elementary School comes through and wins the geography bee. But then he continues to see his baseball career derailed by uh, Coach Greg Krein Sr. as he failed to make an all-star team once again. <laughs> I, I, technically, I think... Uh, no, I think you're right. I think this was the magical year of the Giants. <laughs> of the Richmond Spring Grove Baseball League. Where were you guys in 1990? Uh, I guess that would be like fourth grade. So, yeah, in Minnetonka, <laughs> hanging out. I went and saw this movie in the theater like opening weekend with my mom. <laughs> well, that's crazy because it's hard. But I think back in the day, because I remember you seeing a bunch of R-rated movies. Oh, my mom was, was a young. huge action fan. She loved oh. like all this stuff. So any of these movies, she like she took me to see RoboCop. Like in nice. the like so. I mean. It's, <laughs> That was intense, but yeah, this one was more my speed at that time. (laughs) 
And how about you, Robin? Eighth grade El Paso. Lincoln Junior High, home of the Warriors. <laughs> um, oh, such just a good team. Being real cool in the junior high uh, band and orchestra scene. So, you know, just. Such a famous, great orchestra. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've heard of their work, but man, super cool. LJH Orchestra. Oh. We, I think, went on a band trip to San Antonio, which was pretty big doings. So, you know, just Ooh. living the dream. There's a lot of dreams going on in 1990. Let's go over some of them. Uh, Twin Peaks premieres on ABC. Millie Vanilli's <laughs> dreams crashed when the producer reveals that the Grammy-winning pop duo were lip-syncing what? the whole time. Yep, I know. That's crazy. And other news, like some guy named Saddam Hussein invades Kuwait or something. But uh, this is, I found a couple crazy things that happened in 1990. So Benjamin Franklin donated $5,000 a piece to Boston and Philadelphia in, 19, in 1790, stipulating that they can only withdraw funds in 1890 and 1990. Each city withdrew $500,000 in 1890 and over $20 million in 1990, which is crazy. Is there still so money crazy. in there, or was that the... I think that was it. Yeah, where, where was the money? Like, I don't understand. I, I don't know, just like <laughs> finance? It was on the back of the Constitution. <laughs> it's, it's sitting in there in between page 199 and 200. <laughs> How is this not a movie? Seriously. It was with Nicolas Cage yeah. called National <laughs> Treasure. I was going to yeah. say... What's Nick Cage up to? You know, for the longest time, I grew up believing I was related to Benjamin Franklin until I, I started doing Ancestry.com and realized that it wasn't... Like, we had Franklins in our family, but it was not Benjamin Franklin. And <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't told all my family yet. I, I think it would really break their heart. But, um, and they don't listen to this anyway, so we're, we're safe. <laughs> All right, and then also here's an uh, interesting thing is during the Gulf War in 1990, NBC delayed the start time to the Tonight Show by five minutes to give their affiliates more time to cover the conflict. Once the local state stations had those five precious minutes, they never gave them back. That is why all late night shows in the U.S. start at 11.35 p.m. So there you go. Ooh, yeah. That is uh, really a, a neat tidbit there. Way to dig, Bob. Both those. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. And also, 1990 was when they came up with the World Wide Web, the wow. and stuff like that. So at least three big things happened in 1990. Yep. Yeah, and then yeah, all the other stuff, whatever. Okay, talk about some music, Toby. All right, uh, 1990, the singles we got "Poison" by Belbiv DeVoe, "Blaze of Great. Glory" by John Bon Jovi, "Pump Up the Jam." Amazing. Uh, Unskinny Bop, Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson, Ice Ice Baby, You Can't Touch This. Uh, on the album side, we got Jane's Addiction, Been Caught oh. Stealing, um, uh, Megadeth's Rust in Peace, which I have a sound clip for because it's the only time anyone's ever going to play any bit of this album anywhere. It's about 54 seconds. Enjoy. <laughs> Toby, you better shut your mouth because Megadeth is a joy and Rust in Peace is probably the greatest piece <laughs> of a music that has ever been produced in America. Did you not have been caught stealing handy? I mean... <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I make no apologies. Um, I used to sit around and play this in my room on the guitar. <laughs> I'll stop it there for you. Short of uh, fifty-four seconds. Wow. Um, so we got this. Is I, sorry. Go ahead. I, I still gotta say I don't even care about the rest of the stuff because Rust in Peace is still in regular rotation on on the hipsters I play. So I always start off with like when I really need to to uh, feel a little bit of you know get myself ready. You know, just put on Rust in Peace and it's <laughs> and I'm good to go. So good. Sorry with Holy Wars pun- uh, Punishment due going into Hangar 18 and then come on. Belbiv DeVoe on Skinny Bop. I mean you have so <laughs> I many couldn't find it. I couldn't find those. <laughs> so yeah. many greats to choose from. <laughs> we got uh Mama said knock you out. Uh we got uh step by step by New Kids on the Block. Yes. Um and another one that I, this was the first song I ever played on guitar. It's called Seasons in the Abyss by Slayer. I've got a little clip of that. 
just for Robin. Uh, so I used to sit in our barn with my band called Leviathan, and we used to play this. I was in eighth grade. You did not have a band called Leviathan. Leviathan. And this, my brothers started a band. They were going to play this open mic, and they called it. They called their band Leviathan Two. Oh snap. <laughs> they were older than me. My older, yeah. So like, can we we want to use your name? I'm like, no. So they went with Leviathan. Screw you, little bro. Yeah, exactly. We got uh, Thunderstruck, which was by ACDC, which was uh, the Richmond Burton Community High School homecoming theme from 1991. Wow. Uh, there's a and I think in ninety. 90- in 96 wasn't it like shook me uh, shook you all night long oh yeah like basically acdc was on constant i mean what is going on with this school (laughs) (laughs) you got it like it was just nothing but mullets uh soleils or solets uh what was that with the shape (laughs) sulat yeah mullets sulats bob was in a band called crucifictorious it was amazing (laughs) it was amazing amazing band bob (laughs) <laughs> all right let's get into our game for today this is treasure it or trash it maybe i should be trash it or treasure it i don't know anyways <laughs> guys imagine that we are cultural gatekeepers we are given pop trends fads people and music and other cultural touchstones and it's up to us to treasure it like we're going to preserve it and place it in some sort of time capsule to influence future generations or are we going to trash it are we going to put it into a catapult and just sl- uh, sling it into space. All right. You want so me to play the one. game show intro? Oh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Here we are. Welcome to $10,000 Pyramid. Treasure it or trash it. I love the pyramid, Toby. All right. First one. Robin. Richard yes. Gere. Keep it. Take it. Have it. A lot. Yes. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> treasure it. He's a treasure. He's a national treasure. <laughs> yes, please. We're treasuring. Yeah. We're putting it into the cryogenic chamber and we're going to keep him alive until we have a female that is worthy of him. To make. <laughs> <laughs> worthy and ready. <laughs> yeah. It's going off the tracks there. Bob, um, you do not have to kiss him on the mouth. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> not today with coronavirus <laughs> no this psa is brought to you by the aging hipster rewatch keep your lips to yourself y'all all right even if you see richard gear all right tim luke perry oh treasure it yeah lips to yeah. yourself still 100 <laughs> raise your hand if you have a luke, yeah. luke perry poster on your wall this gal right here. yes I, uh, my my sister definitely have one, and uh, I mean, I wanted to be him. Your sister was correct. Uh, Those sideburns. Mm, R.I.P. Oh. Mm. All right, Toby. Ice Ice Baby, which was the first rap single to reach number one in the U.S. <laughs> um, greatest rap song ever, and uh, uh, way better than um, uh, the Queen thing that got ripped off. Oh, yeah. So I'm keeping it. I'm, I'm treasuring it. Clearly different. <laughs> <laughs> Under pressure. Yeah. I couldn't right, find a clip of that song. So. Top oh. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's hard to find. No one knows what it sounds like. Uh Tim, Seinfeld, it premiered in nineteen ninety. Oh, treasure it. That's that's a pop culture phenomenon. What's your favorite uh Seinfeld thing? Seinfeldism? Is that a thing? Is it- Oh, I, so man, my, I, I was know. on a, a Skype chat or whatever. That, not Skype. Nobody uses Skype. But whatever the alternative is. Zoom. We'll call it Squadcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, my sister uh, told a joke and she goes, I'm out. And I don't she, I don't think she knew it, but that's a Costanza thing. Like, yeah. You know. Did you know that um, in 1990, they were, you know, so they did four episodes and NBC's like, ah, well, we'll keep going with this. Let's get 13 more. And Larry David's like, no, tell him no, Jerry. I got nothing left to say. <laughs> but luckily, uh, Jerry Seinfeld said yes, and <laughs> there they are. All right, Robin, parachute pants. Oh, that's a – I'm going to have to pass on the parachute pants. It's <laughs> not a cute look for anybody. Sorry. Sorry. Were you more of a Zubaz person? I um just yes, did not jeans. get into any voluminous pants situation. Guess jeans are what's up, though. 
<laughs> All right, so you're trashing that. You're you're launching that into space. Trashed into your pants. By the way, I recently uh, introduced my kids to MC Hammer parachute pants and the MC Hammer dance, where he goes side to side. Oh, I know the MC Hammer dance. <laughs> the thing they can't understand, though, is the pants. I try to explain, like, no, see, the pant where the crotch is, it's down by the knees. And, you know, they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, there Just is no of- explaining it. That's a good litmus <laughs> test. If you physically cannot explain something to a young child, <laughs> trash it. Uh, uh, Toby, can you explain overalls to your kids? Oh, God. Um Treasure or trash? It. I'm gonna treasure it. I I think yes. uh, I wish I had some today and back then. <laughs> uh, Tim, Home Alone. Oh, treasure it. I mean, I still feel like I still quote the uh, "Look what you did, you little jerk" line. <laughs> <laughs> quote it to everyone. It's always <laughs> yeah, everybody all the time, yes. constantly. That's um, that's the line. You're making a, a puppet. You're like. But... <laughs> Like, does it work? Does it play? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And last one. Robin, Martha Stewart living. Why are you giving me the crap ones? Come <laughs> on, man. Um, is this like the magazine or the TV show or yep. just the lifestyle brand? I don't um, know. I'm not sure. <laughs> How about O Magazine? <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I yeah. go back to overalls, please? Uh, okay. Martha are you, are you keeping overalls? Oh, for sure. Overalls are back in a big way, guys. Get on board. Oh. Um, Martha Stewart, I guess. I mean, she survived in the joint. She's friend, friends with uh, Snoop. We gotta. We have no chance, no choice but to stand. Treasure. Yeah, yeah. And I, she didn't snitch. Yeah. I was gonna say I, her post prison stint has definitely like raised her in my my opinion. It's like what, what she's become is crazy. <laughs> Never thought that I'd see Martha Stewart like hang out with Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it freed her to be who she really is. <laughs> Now, friends, allow me to segue into another crazy transformation. It is Detective Hobo John Kimball into (laughs) into gentle giant kindergarten teacher John Kimball. So I didn't realize I I don't I didn't remember the beginning of this movie at all. And so was how how would you guys describe Detective Hobo John Kimball? (laughs) You know, like that uh, floor duster coat, like that long, whatever the hell he was wearing. He did have like, with stubble, I will say. But the, yeah. it was terrible, bad, like fake stubble. Like he like clearly like tried to like grow it out and it wasn't you know, all like, patchy. And then like he was like glued a bunch yeah. of stuff to his face. <laughs> and then like just like the weird, just like d- they just dirt that they just rubbed all over him for some reason. Like it's just like he's so gritty. awkward. He's, <laughs> he's on the streets. Yeah, he he like had this just sheen of sweat on him the whole yeah. time, yeah. and just looked like he smelled. Like his undercover was just sleeping in an alley for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was also very lonely. He was divorced, <laughs> which is crazy because a lot of Arnold's um, movies he plays almost almost these god like figures, right? There's nothing wrong with him. This one, he's kind of a schlub, right? And all he lives for is to. Hunt Cullen Crisp or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <and. laughs> well, it's like I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't just stick out like a sore thumb in that mall. Like it's it's like he's not, he's not like blending in at all. The smell like, of huge, and he also probably smells and like it's like what was the what was your undercover like position that you're going for? I was thinking Cullen would be like, what's that smell? <laughs> that giant guy over there. Uh, it's almost like. Uh, right, because right after this, I think they made Terminator 2 or somewhere around there, and he might have like let loose with some of those details. They're like, that's great. Let's do with that. Yeah, like, yeah. Keep it on the, <laughs> on the trench coat. And but. I thought rewatching it that that was the mall from Commando, but it is not. It's it's because that mall's in like every movie in that like in the 80s, but it is the same mall from Time Cop, which I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh. <laughs> Smoking indoors. That's what I noticed in that mall. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, the 80s were wild. (laughs) One of the things that I thought was interesting about this is that it tries to explain Arnold's Austrian-ness because a lot of times uh, American movies just sort of just act like it's not there at all. Like (laughs) He just came this way, fully formed. Exactly. It's like the Van Damme thing where they always try and they, every Van Damme movie, they have a throwaway line that he's from New Orleans or he's French Canadian or something like that where 
this mm-hmm. is the first time I, I like it stood out that like they, they're trying to explain it in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think that they did that they did a good job? <laughs> yeah, speaking some German, right? Like when he's carrying a homegirl into the hotel, he's cussing in German. Yep. Right. Yep. So, there you go. <laughs> it was a, a critical got. plot point to know that. I, like, I believe it. Oh, he speaks German. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The only thing that really bothered me is his last name, because as listeners know, I have a couple pet peeves. One is a certain Little League baseball coach that I'll leave unnamed. <laughs> and then uh, another one is last names, because the last one, last episode with Major League, uh, there is Toronto with a C. And then he's he's from Austria, right? Yeah. But what Austrian is named John Kimball, <laughs> right? I looked it up. It's like, I can't find anything. Like, they can't be like... Uh, you know, Johann Schmidt or, you know, something so like that's, that. That's where we lost you. You're, you're yeah. like, <laughs> the wasn't ready. They lost me at kindergarten nap time. So Bob, I feel you. Yeah. Whose last name is crisp. Like yeah. <laughs> there's Coco crisp. crisp. Maybe Coco is named Probably. after Colin. It was definitely a very bad name, like a bad guy name. That's mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> Colin crisp. <laughs> The crispy. Yeah. <laughs> so like a so-so job with that. I mean, Kimball, come on. All right, anyways, so I've been watching The Wire a lot <laughs> lately, which put me in the mindset to really analyze both not only the undercover operation, but the criminal enterprises that Cullen did with his mom, his very attentive mom. Yeah. Hypochondriac, uh, <laughs> syndrome by proxy, mom. She's like, don't worry. I got the rectal thermometer. Yeah. I have Vicks VapoRub and uh, antihistamine. We're all set. Let's kidnap a kid. Yeah, and he's like, Mom, why are you doing that? And right in front of the pharmacist, like, it worked for you. (laughs) That was a very odd plot point. (laughs) Don't you think that they, like, "Mm, yeah, I don't like it. Like she's like even more of a villain. Well, she than had a gray streak basically. in her hair. That's how you could tell she's a bad lady, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like Cruel Deville. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we knew. <laughs> if that was the second part of their plot, they're like, we're going to get this kid, and then we're going to we're going to kidnap 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> I probably would. Believe I would that. watch that movie 100. <laughs> That's probably the Dolph Lundgren follow up. <laughs> All right. Uh, so some of the stuff that came up with like. One of the things that really kind of bothered me, not only was his name Kimball, but his undercover name was Kimball, too. Like they kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how you're undercover if you're using your own name. Can we switch the letters around a little bit? Yeah, maybe it was Kimball with a C or something. Well, and then uh, towards the end of the movie, the the principal and I have a clip of this, but um, she gets on the stage and like announces it as like a PR move. <laughs> like surely the the TV <laughs> cameras are rolling. Yeah. Um, let yeah. me see if I can find that. Oh, I have it labeled as world's worst principal number two. introduce you to our kindergarten teacher. He came to us as a substitute teacher and he's proven to be a wonderful asset. Let's welcome him into our community and hope that he considers staying on a permanent basis. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Kimball. That bed of strings and the, the, the swell of the orchestra. Here's our uh, yeah. Here's our teacher, Detective John Kimball. <laughs> like, how is she going to appoint him like a permanent teaching position? Like, that? Well, can I she... do another nitpick with that scene? Those kids actually memorized the Gettysburg Address incorrectly. That's not how the Gettysburg Address goes. <laughs> so. uh, I have I have that too. If you want to hear the the, because I found that to be a critical plot, plot point as well. Do you mind if I play the Gettysburg Address? Get on it. Um, okay, here it is. What's not to like? Our forefathers brought forth on this continent. Our forefathers brought forth on this continent. A new nation. A new nation. Conceived in liberty. Conceived in liberty. And dedicated to 
the proposition and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. That all men are created equal. And that government and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. Thank you very much. <laughs> Robin, what, what was wrong with that? Did you not have to memorize the Gettysburg Address in school? <laughs> You're just making fun of our schooling system. So, like, yeah, answer that question. I went to public school in Texas. So, <laughs> um, so, I understand that they clipped the middle of it. And I get that if you want to do just the beginning and just the end. But there, the word forefathers is not how the Gettysburg Address <laughs> So I know it was like played for humor, but See, come on, man. And honestly, that's where it lost me because <laughs> if you've ever like asked a, a, a six-year-old a question or like said like, hey, memorize this line, this word, <laughs> and like when it comes they time, they uh, have a big problem <laughs> with doing anything that you want them to do at that point. You lost me, Detective John Kimball. Right. Lost me at okay. four score and seven years ago. Another thing that lost me was uh, Phoebe's fiance came up to the shag and shed. Like, <laughs> I'm like, up, Phoebe. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. She almost a got sick. a bullet in his head. <laughs> yeah. Handkerchief on the doorknob. Well, like, know, they're just eating plates of spaghetti like in a, in a hotel do. bed. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Toby, I'm with you. Put a sock on the damn door. <laughs> That's probably not a really good kitchen that they have in there. So he, he must be a great chef to be able to take a little kitchenette <laughs> oh, yeah. and just have like a little hot plate and just making this uh, pasta alolo or whatever she likes. He works for like uh, some place that has a, a nice delivery van. Like, oh, garden. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So a, a couple of my other things, I kind of goes into the Cullen Crisp thing. So a couple of things I, I had my question with him in this motive is. So he kills this guy that sees his ex-wife in Astoria, Oregon, sets everything up. Everyone knows, just like Stringer Bell said, yeah. once you start dropping bodies, that's when they start coming in with the heat. So <laughs> that's Bell. like the number one. Mm. Just pay him and let mm. get him out of there, you know, because that's what caused all the trouble. And then also <laughs> the drug dealer guy. Uh, he handled both the product with the money nope. and the money. Yeah, that's <laughs> you do not do that. from the wire, there's a Wait. money guy and a product guy. Oh, there yeah. is. Toby, yep. I had no idea. <laughs> I've never bought drugs. Are you serious? Well, that's yeah. bad. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We'll go out there right now. Today's your lucky day. We're going to talk you through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess I'm asking you guys to help me with like what is his actual motive? Tim, let's start with Tim. What do you think? What is Chris's <laughs> yeah. motive? I mean, he, he's sloppy for one, but like I, I mean, it seems weird that he's meeting his mom in the mall, like, <laughs> and then have a little like side conversation where he's gonna murder somebody in the in the back. <laughs> like that that whole setup is just a really strange like situation and location for it all. But I mean, he's just trying to find his kid, like, but. Just going about it a really weird way. How about you, Toby? What's his motive? I think his motive is to please his mother. Yeah. Ooh. But he genuinely seems like he wants to reconnect with his kid. Well, right? yeah. <laughs> you you kind of learn that at the end when he's yelling at his kid. <laughs> your name is Cullen Jr., not Dominic. That's the other thing. Don't name your kid the name that your husband said was a stupid name. <laughs> Like name that kid Aiden, like the rest of the kids in America. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Patrick at that time. Nineteen ninety. Oh, what, what was right. And then I'm gonna look up nineteen ninety names. Carry on. David, okay. Michael, right. Jacob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. And then Robin, a couple of questions since you obviously you're familiar with the wire. Do yes. you do so you hand bell? Hold on. Let's go. Oh yeah. He was in community college, so he was smart and sexy. I know. It's just too bad. It's too bad. He's just born in the wrong place. Mm. And so he he handcuffed uh, a witness to a dead body. Is that is that okay? Oh, because she was a junkie. And I mean, who? why did they have eyeballs on that girl? I mean, come on. Right. And so it's sort of they kind of screwed all that stuff up because it's another thing is that they were talking. The L.A. cops were saying we cannot offer protection for Penelope Ann Miller or whatever. <laughs> Unless she produces uh, the money. 
Yeah, it's like yeah. really like yeah, chicken. Chicken testify. Well, I don't make the rules. That's just how it works. And I, but I also don't get why that was her justification. Like he made up all this money so that people. I don't know. Like it just seemed crazy that he had to make up the story about the money so that people would be after her or following her. I don't know. I don't know either. Who's to say? Because what? now he's dead in the yeah. in the top story of an Astoria, Oregon <laughs> elementary school. I mean, Did your elementary school have none of the rooms with showers. <laughs> That was also weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, like, <laughs> that's true. We did have showers. Like, okay, kids, uh, now it's time to shower for us. No, shower we, before nap time, kids. <laughs> go ahead, Tim. What yeah, you go ahead, Tim. I, I just, to say that all the police work just doesn't. None of it makes any sense. Like in the beginning, when he just like kicks into like like where she's like hanging out and just like shooting a shotgun <laughs> randomly yeah. and then telling her he's gonna follow her wherever she goes like he's I mean, harassing the witness gets the definition her killed. of willy-nilly like, firing that gun right like, <laughs> like everything about his motives and his like everything that he does is so over the top like doesn't make any sense even like when he's like the the, the teacher and he like tells that like abused mom and her kid that he's gonna press charges like that's not how that works like you can't like like i don't understand like he's supposed to be like this like all-star cop but like he's terrible at his job what city was he in when he was when he was the hobo <laughs> la he's from okay. la well, maybe in I a think so, 1990 right? la yeah you could go and shoot up a place as long as you were true. trying to get a witness to <laughs> to come out All right, let's take a break and talk about some trivia. It was based in a story. So Kindergarten Cop was based in Astoria, Oregon, which was also the setting for a certain 1985 film called The Goonies, uh, which was filmed right down the street. Not for kids. Not for kids. And then other notable <laughs> movies filmed in Astoria include Short Circuit, The Black Stallion, Free Willy, Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Benji the Hunted, Come See the Paradise, The Ring 2, Into the Wild, The Guardian, and Green Room. This is crazy. Uh, Short Circuit, uh, one of the greatest movies ever. I don't remember them being in Oregon, but I mean, it could be. But <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger had a few conditions before accepting the role of John Kimball. He wanted Ivan Reitman to to direct the film he wanted a physical fitness theme if you remember during this time and it, like uh he was part of bush's like physical fitness thing mm-hmm. and he, he wanted broken homes child abuse and family life written into the script along with a gym that got uh built in the story of oregon he's <laughs> like i need more child abuse and like end weights i mean speaking of motivations like what why how I don't get it. Arnold Schwarzenegger does say that K- Kindergarten Cop is one of his all-time favorite movies. And it's it's interesting. He says why, because this and Twins proved that he could do stuff differently than just action films. I think he's like, I was, he, was, he felt he was being typecast as just like, you're just given action scripts. And here is something that he gets to do comedy, and he just really liked it, and also the kids as well. Does he so. get to do comedy, though? If this is comedy. <laughs> oh. I mean, he does have some some pretty good comedic timing moments in it. Yeah. I mean, like, he's not like, great, but he's definitely like trying some hey, different here's things. Here's an example uh, of, of Arnold doing comedy. You're not gonna have your mommy's son behind you anymore, and wipe your little douches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's another one on the airplane. So the kid, he's sitting in the airplane. The kid is bothering him from behind. This is uh, been married a long time. This is where people don't expect us to talk much to each other. Hey, give me that. Uh-uh. Need it too. Yeah. Stop it. No, please. No. Let me take a look. No. Hey, come here. If you don't stop screwing around back there, this is what I'm going to do with you. Broken pencil and cut. <laughs> He's not wrong. That is inspiration to all air travelers everywhere. <laughs> Let's get to a couple of casting what ifs. For Kimball, Bill Murray and Patrick Swayze were Oh, they were offered this part, which is pretty crazy. I'd love to see Patrick Swayze with his like roadhouse hair. Yeah. Like it would be the roadhouse too, <laughs> but it'd be like kindergarten cop. Like right. they called in Dalton, the cooler to come into Astoria, Oregon, to, <laughs> to cool down this <laughs> kindergarten class. I could have bought that at the Bill Murray thing. I don't understand at all, but oh, are yeah, you serious? Bill it. Murray could have made that a classic. Uh, um, And then Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito were, considered for the part 
Colin Crisp, they considered Christian Slater, but uh, Slater turned it down because he did not want to be typecast. <laughs> what was he coming off of, I wonder? When was Heather's? That was 89, or probably yeah, right after Heather's. So he's taking too many roles as kindergarten teachers. Like- is like right around when he did Cuffs? Uh, Wasn't that like go. 90, 90 hours? There I already had a cop movie in there. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Oh, yeah, so he did. Later. Oh, he did The Wizard in 1989, which is a great movie. Gleaming the Cube in 89. The Wizard, like the, the Fred Savage one? Oh, yeah. Guys, um, you know what I'm going to say. Oh, I, what are you going to say? Gonna <laughs> we got to do that. That's yes. I love the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, so I would love to do that. So this was... So Heather's and and that would have been uh, Heather's was yeah. eighty eight. I think right? you're right um, though. If he was the, doing a cop movie, oh, he did um, Robin Hood in uh, nineteen ninety one, Young Guns nineteen ninety, Pump Up the Volume yes. in there. Um, Cuffs was ninety two. So hmm. coming off Come of on, Heather's Heather. basically. Yeah. Now I got to go watch Heather's guys. Oh. <laughs> All right. Again, to our last couple of questions. Okay, so Arnold set the uh, Astoria, Oregon. He set it on fire, which is, I guess, the single mom capital of the world for some reason. So how hot is 1990 Arnold Schwarzenegger? Tim, how hot is he? <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's peak Arnold, right? So, I mean, I guess it's pretty hot, but it's he's still super awkward. <laughs> What are you thinking, Robin? You're you're just like a single mom in the story, Oregon. Am I? You see her. Yeah. <laughs> Full face are makeup you... at school pickup and drop off. Okay, I have a question. Do we know how tall Arnold is? Like, I get that he's massive, like wide, but is he like? I don't know. I had a hard time with proportion there. I kept trying he's, to measure him up against he's people. Six foot two. Is he? All right. Well, I will say at the time, I remember thinking that is sexy and this is what adult smooching behavior is supposed to look like. So he is hot. And then on the rewatch, I was like, yikes, like that is not attractive again. Please stop licking that lady in the face. Uh, So, I mean, he was like ripped, I guess, but that's not my jam. So I'll give it a C minus. Toby, what'd you give it? Let's see if uh, I, I mean, I'm thinking 1990. Uh, I, I, I thought he was the coolest, hottest thing in the world. And like in twins, you know, so he, this is when he gets the woman to fall in love with him, just like, like that. And then in twins, he gets to bang that hottie. And like when I, you know, so when I saw these movies, I was like, I wish I could look just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> And then he gets yeah, pregnant exactly. in junior. And then you went back. And then the Toby's like, I wish I could be Slayer. pregnant like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. All right, let's get into our last question that I have. Okay, so let's get into a little deeper into some of the more dubious schooling and child supervision tactics Arnold deploys. <laughs> I'd like to hear about some of, of your favorite teaching strategies, Tim. <laughs> just screaming <laughs> at them to shut up over and over again <laughs> and they all start crying so good. yeah or carrying one out by like the pants when they like, go there's a fire drill just like just <laughs> he was very teeny all right robin um you know i love a good montage so that whole like oh mr kimball's finally getting his shit together and like he's just doing like full-time like basic training activities for the kids you know <laughs> I love that. I love that scene so much. And honestly, like your kid does not need to learn a damn thing in kindergarten. Like if they only did like running through tires and doing like left, right, left, right maneuvers, that'd be probably okay. (laughs) Yeah. There wasn't an emphasis really on like tracing letters or reading or writing, but becoming a paramilitary organization (laughs) definitely At the top of Arnold's agenda, yeah, and mem- or John Kimball, and badly memorizing famous speeches in American <laughs> history. <laughs> He's from Austria. He did pretty good. That's it doesn't true. matter if you if you feel freedom. It like facts don't matter. I mean, the thing is, where have I heard that before? <laughs> uh, Arnold just came over from Austria. He, he can't even read the written word in English, so he did pretty good. No wonder he didn't teach the kids how to write. And then Toby, 
What was your favorite teaching strategy? I love when he when he's laying on the ground and all the kids are piling on him, and then he goes <laughs> like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I guess uh, I did hear that the kids loved Arnold, and they used and they did that like all the time. They just just jumped all over him. Really, the entire time. Yeah, just wow. pretty cute. And then there's also the ferret, which I think are disgusting animals. Um, <laughs> Which, Sorry to which all is our ferret owning listeners out there. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I have a clip with the ferret. This is incompetent principle number one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have hit the man, especially in front of the children. It was a mistake. I checked you out. There is no record of you ever having taught at any public school in California or anywhere else. Mr. Kimball, you have no teaching experience whatsoever, do you? Someone finally noticed. I thought the introduction of a ferret was a horrible idea, but the children seemed to like it. I thought the use of your police whistle was outrageous, but... It's all I could think of. Please allow me to finish. Sorry. But it worked. I have no idea what kind of police officer you are, but you're a very good teacher. That's what she does. That's fair. She does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She doesn't even know what kind of like accreditation he has, (laughs) or (laughs) so she really doesn't know like what what kind of anything he is. She she just knows he's not a teacher. Maybe he's not a cop either. <laughs> he was a homeless guy at a mall. Now, now he's why she can't wait to have him back next year. <laughs> so I, uh, I I found out some interesting things about the ferret. So the ferret is actually an illegal pet in California, from where he he came from. And Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, upheld a bill like keeping it illegal. Mm. So he was in favor what? of. Yep, he was not in favor of ferrets when he was a governor. Wow. It was legal in Oregon where they were. Okay. So, oh, well, so. good. <laughs> but the, the ferret's sort of the hero of the movie. I mean, for a ferret that doesn't bite, it goes, it goes straight for the jugular. Right. He saves and, the damn you know, day. <laughs> and if you guys paid attention during the whole time, he kept on saying, like, oh, the ferret doesn't bite anybody. The ferret mm-hmm. doesn't bite anybody right. until the end. Uh, it's just like uh, it gave me a flashback to Beastmaster. If you guys know what I'm talking about with the <laughs> yeah. Kodo and Podo, that we should yep. do that movie, which is with uh, Mark Singer, another from oh, was it like 1982? It was amazing, classic. classic. Also has ferrets in it. So just in case you're wondering, Robin, don't put me down for that. <laughs> and so I think Toby wanted to ask the question: Would you hire John Kimball to teach your kindergarten? Toby, would you? You know, I think I would. <laughs> All things considered, seeing who the other candidates are, I think I'd go with John Kimball. How about you, Robin? Would you like to see your kid come back with a six pack and a and just an Wait, iron same. will? I have left my kid with way worse in the caregiver <laughs> department. You know when you first like start your kid off in school and you're like, We're we gotta have our eyes on this teacher and she needs to know our little precious angel baby is one in a million. And if there's a substitute, I'm going to check their background. And then, like, the first time there's a substitute, you're like, well, get on in there, Junior. Good luck to you. Like, <laughs> uh, wish you the best. So, anyway, yeah, 100%. And again, you know, my feelings on calisthenics. So, yeah, probably better than most of the stuff going on in standardized testing land. How about you, Tim? I mean, I don't have any kids. So, that doesn't I mean, but he did. I mean, he got it together, even though he's a, I mean, <laughs> Basically, turning it into so a boot it saves camp. you a few tax dollars. You're in favor of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the whole thing is like you can't go to bathroom to the bathroom during this, <laughs> or <laughs> and you take and you take a nap, no matter what. Uh, yeah, I don't love that. You know, they don't sleep if they take a nap during the day, guys. So oh, they send them home and they're wired. Yeah, Mm-mm. no, no thanks. thanks. That's a horrible teacher move. That we sent them to school to get their to get their excitement in. Not anymore. We don't. Not anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> God. 
All right, now it's time for open agenda. Any other questions that anybody wants to bring up or points? Um, I just wanted to tell you that Dominic's laser plan sounded rock solid and um, I love a kid climbing a tower. I mean, mm. that was amazing. Where is he getting all that equipment? Is he like just stripping cars and stuff? Like, I don't know. All the stuff he's got, like building his little like fortress under I the I felt like a Mel Gibson moment. It was very heavy in aluminum foil. <laughs> <laughs> or pb herman that's what i thought of he's just stripping neighbors cars and stuff like that and everyone's like where's my yeah where's my headlights <laughs> i i was wondering and there was another moment where i'm like wait a second this is fake because like how did how did he get those seats in there i'm like this kid cannot carry these seats and he's like i did it all by, by myself like, and the mom has no idea she's like later she's like what do you mean lasers <laughs> He remembers the bad people. Oh no! (laughs) Like, and she's like, and she didn't realize he had that like place out there. So she's just letting him like roam out in the forest for hours, which is like definitely 1990 child. Come in for dinner. (laughs) Oh, I did. Can I mention one other thing because I feel like it's my brand? Um, The Sylvester kid's mom came in and said she was worried about him playing with dolls. That was a little. That did not age well. And he said, "Don't worry. He's using the dolls to look up little girl skirts." And the mom said, "Oh, thank goodness, Mister Kimball, you made my day." Yeah. And there was no like, like <laughs> nobody addressed the fact that this kid was a burgeoning pervert. Like, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. There's a couple like homophobic yeah. jokes and stuff like that. That was just like, wow, that yeah. didn't age well. This at has all. been Robin's didn't age well segment of our show. <laughs> there's a great. It's like yeah. Will Sylvester is going to end up being a catcher for the Cleveland Indians in the future. Yeah, exactly. Like he's going to be stalking Rene Russo. Exactly. <laughs> It all comes back to Rene Russo. It always does. Yeah. Oh, as it should. There's a couple other things I was going to mention. Some fun uh, credits that I noticed. Well, the main kid who's talking about penises and vaginas, that's Gage from the original Pet Cemetery. Like, like he's also like a bunch of other stuff. He was like in full, like Full House and stuff. But like the main thing I knew him was Gage um, as being the kind of lead kid. Uh, But then the cinematographer of this is the same guy who shot Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, which is. And he plays one of the firefighters in the movie, which I thought was really weird. Um, and then the other thing I noticed was that uh, Angela Bassett, uh, who's like in tons of stuff, but she's like, I mean, she was the uh, stewardess yeah. on the plane. She's right? Angela Dan Bassett is who she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Some some fun credits. I was like, I mean, I feel like this cast was like full of people that like I recognize mm-hmm. from like a million different things. Uh, and then the I guess Crisp, like the other the main thing I know him from is the Three O'clock High. You've ever seen yes. that like, 80s high school movie, but he's like he's Buddy Ravel. He's like oh, the main bully. That's where they're gonna fight. Which is like, yes, I remember that <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Richard Tyson, I think, is the actor's name, right? So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I think the little kid was also in Sleepless in Seattle, right? Mm. I think it was Tom Hanks' kid, the lead no. kid, like no, the not Dominic. Dominic, the oh, the little oh. the little brown haired kid that had the gynecologist for the father. Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, he's definitely got like yeah. a ton of credit. He's a cute little kid. I, I say that the dominant kid is that's mm-hmm. it's twins. Like there's two kids that play that role. And I noticed that he they were in a movie called Twin Sitters with the Barbarian Brothers. <laughs> they play they're both on screen, so it's like dueling twins. And like they're like the Barbarian Brothers are like, are their babysitters. Oh, <laughs> I had no idea existed until I was like looking into those that that actor you know i i always thought i was a very good looking kid and i think if i had a twin i probably could have been a child star too yeah so it's really my parents photos of that time in your life immediately (laughs) he was cute all right all right um it's time for us to rate it oh buddy oh okay hold on one second sure you want to come say hi is that beto Oh, oh, hi, buddy. Beto. Hello. Here, let's finish it up together, okay, buddy? And then we're going to go lay uh, down. So at the, so during this whole time, we like to rate our what we've watched. Tim, we don't really have a good criteria of what makes uh, uh, that we're rating. And so we've watched 16 movies. Toby's watched 17 because you watched the wrong movie once. Uh, so for <laughs> me, I am putting kindergarten cop third from the bottom below you've got mail it was it was okay 
you know, but I just can't see myself really knowingly watch it again ever in my life. <laughs> knowing, you know, <laughs> yeah. if it comes up like, okay, maybe, you know, what would you think, Toby? Yeah, I've got it uh, really close to the bo- bottom, right? <laughs> about all the other don't age well comedies. <laughs> what about Bob yeah. in and out? <laughs> um, singles right in there. Um, uh, so I will not intentionally pull this one out of the, the dustbin. Right. And at the top remains Bowfinger. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're at the end of the episode. I, I do want to get, uh, Robin, you, you you can see the list, right? What what would you rank uh, Kindergarten Cop? And then what would you rank number one? So I don't see the list, okay. actually. Sorry. <laughs> Bowfinger, uh, I'll read them real quick. Bowfinger, Love Actually, Major League, Ip Man, Drunken Master, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Always Be My Maybe, Clueless, The Raid Redemption, Bridget Jones Diary, The Raid 2, Legend of Drunken Master, Singles, Kindergarten Cop, What About Bob, In and Out, and You've Got Mail. I think uh, Kindergarten Cop has to go pretty low on that list. And just as a side note, Bridget Jones's Diary is woefully underrated on your list, guys. Oh, it's last on mine. <gasps> it's dead last. I would watch Kindergarten Cop before Bridget Jones' Diary. What did Colin Firth ever do to you? He was the worst. He was, oh. abs- he was the absolute worst, period character period ever period he was so boring oh no like he's like the strong sexy silent type you're you've gone about it all wrong we need to reframe (laughs) we'll re-record hi buddy (laughs) and so what do you what do you think tim any any feedback uh i mean i love trashy like b movies and i especially love movies that shouldn't really be enjoyable because of their mashing things together that shouldn't work and so I definitely appreciate this movie for that. Like, I feel like it's like it's it, it was a really enjoyable revisit. Um, but I don't know if I necessarily will watch it anytime soon. We're at the end of the episode. My my production staff needs to go to bed. Say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on. I think the next episode you will be on is for True Lies. Mm. Oh, nice. And Robin, we need to we need to schedule something in May, right? Are we out? Sure. We can we'll we'll keep podcasting. All right. This is keeping me sane, keep, guys. Let's yeah. do it again. I agree. I mean, there's not a lot of options for socializing outside of our families who we love so much. Very much. So very much. We love you. And so, yeah, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun. Toby, you have a good week. Thank you. You too. And thanks, uh, Tim and Robin. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Next week's episode is going to be twins, which. Is... Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for listening to Aging Hipster Rewatch. The Aging Hipster Rewatch is produced and written by Bob Serrano and Toby Crines, edited by Bob Serrano theme song written by ryan reed if you like the show please share with a friend we would appreciate it have a good night thanks bye